0: You know that TV ad on, uh, right now, there's a, there's a bank. Maybe it's not a very effective ad. Uh, they get people in front of this big machine, and the machine's filled with money, and they have to say, they say uh, the name of the bank. I think it's, uh, well, I would have said Rakuten. Remember that commercial? But if they say Rakuten, the doors open, and they get lots of money. Um, I have a weird word for you this morning. And it is gerund. Anybody, raise your hand if you know what a gerund is. Wow, wow. English teachers, probably. <laughs> I just really smart English. Gerund is uh, a word that can be both a verb, actually is a verb, but also can uh, be a noun. Right? So the word that you've been hearing all morning is the word sacrifice which is a gerund g-e-r-u-n-d and it is both an act of giving as well as that which is given a sacrifice i sacrifice a sacrifice right i sacrifice a sacrifice Worship has always involved sacrifice, both verb and noun, both an action and objects. And in the law of Moses, in what we call the Old Covenant, which we find in the Old Testament, which means Old Covenant, God outlined for the people of Israel both acts and objects, very specifically, that the Israelites were to perform or to give up as a means of worship sacrifices. In fact, there were five types of sacrifices in the Old Covenant: burnt, grain, peace, sin. And trespass. And the first three were voluntary. And in, in other words, those were just things that you gave to God out of a heart of thanksgiving. Just like you did when you put some money into the um, offering plate. Uh, hopefully you did that voluntarily and uh, out of praise and worship. And so it was voluntary. And so there were these three types of uh, sacrifices that were voluntary. But there was two that were involuntary or mandatory, and those were sin offering and trespass offerings or sacrifices. And these were instituted because they were required of the people of Israel to deal with their sinfulness, to deal with the fact that they violated the law of God because they didn't acknowledge God and did their own thing. They trampled on the word of God. And so God made it mandatory that they would make sacrifices to atone for or to deal with the sin that they've committed. That's why if you went to the temple of God... During Old Testament times, when they were people were under the old covenant, it was it was really more like the farmer's market <laughs> than it was what what you see here. Uh, people well dressed sitting in line, all looking at that or me. Uh, and that's because there was all kinds of agricultural products <laughs> there. That were being offered up as sacrifices, and there were some of those animals were being sacrificed. They were being slaughtered right there, creating an aroma, spilling blood, and so it was quite a sight, I'm sure, to go to church, Uh, (laughs) the temple during the Old Testament, Old Covenant times, very much unlike what we do here. Maybe what we'll talk about today will sort of give us a little bit of of an insight. We've been studying the book of Hebrews, and and we have found out why we are not beholden to those instructions of the law of Moses, the Old Covenant. In fact, we are not under an Old Covenant. We are under a New Covenant. And that sacrificial system of uh, the law of Moses, the voluntary, the mandatory sacrifices, no longer hold sway. And we are not under that anymore. We've, we've read in chapter 10 of uh, Hebrews this incredible idea that because of what Christ did, we are no longer under that regime of sacrifices. I just want to read a very short excerpt from uh, this to remind you, uh, those of you who are here, of what Christ has done to free us. We read in chapter 10, verse one, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the reality themselves. And for this reason, it can never by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all, and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sin. It's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away the sins, to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, He said, "Sacrifices and offering you didn't desire, but a body you prepared for me." With burnt offering and sin offering, you weren't pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First, as the author of Hebrews writes, sacrifices and offerings, (laughs) burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Yes, God commanded the sacrificial system, but it wasn't the ultimate goal. It wasn't what God had fully in mind, but it was meant as a foreshadowing of something more important and more profound, which we find in Christ, as he goes on to say, he sets aside the first commandment or covenant to establish the second, and by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So through Christ's sacrifice, we are freed from that regime of sacrifices prescribed in the law of Moses. Earlier he has said something that makes it about as clear as it can be. He says in chapter 8, verse 13, By calling this covenant, he has made the first one obsolete. (laughs) It's over. We are not required to do those things. And yet, when we look at the scripture passage from Hebrews for today, where we are in Hebrews 13, we're going to take a look at that passage. When you look at it, it talks about sacrifices. We read in Hebrews 13, and this is our scripture for today, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others for such sacrifices. With such sacrifices, God is pleased. So today I want us to very briefly consider this question. What role does sacrifice play in this new covenant that we are part of because we are in Christ Jesus? Well, the first thing I want to say about that is this. That sacrifice has nothing to do with God earning God's favor. We've seen that. Jesus did everything. All we have to do by faith is trust in what he did. Sadly, so many of us, including me, still have this idea that if we do good things, we will win the favor of God. We're trying to earn God's favor by doing good works, by offering things up to God. And this is wrong-minded. This is not what we are to do. When you think about it, if this were the case, if we needed to do stuff to earn God's favor, guess what? Jesus died for nothing. Jesus died for nothing. Why would he do it? If we could earn his favor, if we could win his, his love and his acceptance, if we could be right with God by doing stuff or offering stuff, then Jesus died. Because Jesus died because that stuff wasn't working. And we've learned that in, in Hebrews. It was simply something that he had put in place so that people would understand their sinfulness and their need for atonement. So the first thing is sacrifice has nothing to do with earning God's favor. Scripture says that even our very best efforts at making things right with God, on you know, our motivation is to make things right with God. Our rubbish, <laughs> it says in Isaiah 64, 6 all of us have become like one who's unclean, and all of our righteous acts. You know, that's our best stuff. That's our best effort. I mean, that's like, you know, sacrificing our lives fully, completely, doing whatever we possibly could do, giving all of our wealth away, going overseas, living selflessly. It's filthy rags. (laughs) It doesn't cut. It's not required because it's insufficient. The only thing that is sufficient was the blood of a perfect lamb who was a man, Jesus Christ. And so we would be wasting our time to do all of those things in order to earn the favor of God. Number two. Sacrifice is still an important and necessary component of the lives of Christ's followers. Even though the Old Testament sacrificial system was made obsolete by Christ, living sacrificially is an integral part of what it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Doing sacrificial things, offering things up as a sacrifice, Here's an Old Testament passage. This is from the book of Leviticus, after God has laid out all of the sacrifices, verbs and nouns, all of the stuff you do and all the stuff you give. He says, these are the Lord's appointed festivals, which you are to proclaim as sacred. as sacred assemblies for bringing food offering to the Lord. The burnt offerings and grain offerings, sacrifices and drink offerings required for each day. So there was the long list. You could detail it specifically. And this is a passage from Paul, who's received a gift from a church. This is what he says. I've received full payment and have more than enough I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. So no, we are not required to bring the first fruits. That'd be tough for me because I don't grow anything. Maybe some ratty flowers in my, you know, in my garden, but that's, you know, that's my first fruit. We don't have to bring the first fruit. We don't have to bring lambs to be slaughtered. But we still are required to live sacrificially. And in this case, we find that people gave, mm, not money, they gave things to Paul while he was in prison that allowed him to live. Like in Rome, like if you went to jail, it wasn't like you got three square meals. I mean, people had, had, you had to have support system outside the jail to keep you going. Right? And so this church did this, and he says, Paul says, this is an acceptable sacrifice that you have made. So number three, the nature of acceptable sacrifices has changed. Yeah, the Old Testament system of sacrifices was meant as a means of training purely. They were supposed to give their very best, the first fruits, the best Uh, livestock, the the unblemished lands, so on and so forth. And so it was, as we've read in chapter 10, uh, verse 1, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves, but they teach us, right, that you bring your best, you give your all, you don't skimp, you don't hold back. So in fact now... The nature of the sacrifices has changed, and it's not prescribed, it's not written on a list that you have to do this, 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 and this, and give this, 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 and this. Now, the sky is the limit. Isn't that cool? The sky is the limit as to what is an acceptable sacrifice. Sure, it could be singing a song like we've done. We've been offering up a sacrifice of praise. It could be uh, you know, giving some money in the, as a tie. It could just as well be buying somebody lunch. It could also be consoling a friend. The sky is the limit to what is considered an acceptable sacrifice. Because we are no longer under the prescribed law we are now under the law of love, which drives us to do things that will benefit others. The sky is the limit to what we can do. Number four, the value or acceptability of the sacrifice has always been the same. You see, I could have been a good Hebrew, and I could bring my best lamb to be slaughtered. But that could be an unacceptable sacrifice to God. Did you know that? Just because you went by the letter of the law does not mean, even in the Old Testament times, that it was an acceptable sacrifice. Because if I did that just because I wanted my neighbor to see how much I gave or how perfect my lamb was. Then i have missed the point altogether. And even though the nature of the sacrifices has changed, the value or the acceptability of our sacrifices has always been the same. And it has to do with our heart. It has to do with our motivation. Are we doing this wholeheartedly? Are we doing this truly sacrificially? Whether you were an Old Testament Hebrew or you're a born-again Christian Uh in 2019. Uh Case in point, remember Genesis 4. Abel and Cain. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, sacrifice. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions of some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry. He had uh, a hissing. <laughs> and his face was downcast. He pouted. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. And some people say, well, that just goes to show that animals that are shed shed their blood is a better, more valuable sacrifice than grain. That's not it at all. What it is is the fact that Cain had the wrong heart in his sacrifice. He went with the wrong motivation. You see, God sees our hearts. He knows our motivation. It wasn't that, you know, God is a carnivore and not a vegetarian. It's just that he saw the heart. He saw the heart of Cain. So that's the old covenant. Let's move to the new covenant to, sh- to prove my point, that the motivation is the key. It, the, the fact that the value of and the acceptability of a sacrifice has never changed in God's eyes. Now let's look to the New Testament, Acts 5. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, Sapphira, Sapphira. Sapphira, there it is, also sold a piece of property. With his full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then the apostles said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, was not the money at, at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a a, a terrible thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. There it is again. Ananias and Savior. I mean, goodness me. I don't know too many people that sold their property and gave a portion of it to God. If I did, I'd be like, whoa, man, you are holy. You're righteous, dude. Right? But these guys did just that, and they ended up dying as a consequence. And that is because God sees the heart, and He knows the motivation, and their motivation was not right. They wanted people to think, wow, they sold their property and given all of it to the church. When in fact, they were lying. That's not true. They held back a part of it, though they wanted credit for all of it. Big difference. So, the value or acceptability of sacrifice has always been the same, whether it's the old or the new covenant that we're in, and that is that it has to come wholeheartedly from the heart. Now, let's just pull up the voluntary and mandatory types of sacrifices, I look at that, I recognize that I still have to do voluntary sacrifices. No, I don't have to. That's the wrong way of putting it, right? That's kind of an oxymoron. I still do voluntary sacrifices. Let's go to the next slide. But they're spiritual in nature. That means they're, they're, they can be a myriad of things but they're spiritual in that they come out of a heart full of worship. And guess what? The mandatory, Christ took care of that. (laughs) I don't do that. I can't do that. It's impossible for me to do that. It's taken care of by Jesus Christ. And so what we are to do then is we are to live sacrificially out of hearts that are just pouring out praise and worship to God. It's not the nature of the sacrifice. It's quality or it's quantity even. It's our motivation. That's why Jesus pointed out the widow who brought the widow's mite. You've heard that? The last cent she had and put it in the offering plate and he praised her For what she had done because it was her last little bit of money. It was she had nothing. And criticized the guy who walked in, dropped a bag of money, wanted everybody to see it. It's all about motivation. Peter writes these words as you come to him the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by God precious to him you also like living stones are being built in a spiritual house to a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. How are we doing with that? How is our motivation because that's what it is. You want to check to see how you're doing in this this idea of sacrifices in the new covenant? Check your heart. Are you giving back? Are you giving but taking back? Or are you living sacrificially and wholeheartedly? doesn't mean that you need to give everything that you have away. We've already made the point. It's not prescribed. It's what God lays on your heart. What is it that God calls, is calling you to? And so the author in Hebrews 13 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continue to offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess His name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others. For such sacrifices, with such, God is pleased. This is the last thought I have. I think it's important because as in all things, Jesus Christ is our example. We read in Ephesians 5, verses one and two, follow God's example, therefore as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. He is our example. We are to follow in his footsteps. We are to live in such a way That our lives have an aroma of praise and worship to God. Our lives in the way we live, what we give up, how we serve, points people to God. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 2.15, For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. This is our commitment. This is the place that sacrifice has amongst the followers of Jesus Christ. We need to be sacrificial. Are you sacrificial? Am I sacrificial? And if I am, how sacrificial? How acceptable are the sacrifices? Are there ulterior motives in my sacrifices? Do I do them for other people to see? Whatever. The sky's the limit. We shouldn't be held back. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for this passage which tells us about what it is to be sacrificial. It's just logical for us to respond. To respond to the grace of God. Such a, an epic gift. We can't help ourselves wanting to offer up words of praise or to, to, to show your love to others because we've experienced the love of God ourselves. Help us, Lord. To be obedient to your word. To follow your spirit. In this regard I pray. In Jesus' name. God bless you all. Have a great day. Sun's shining. Temperature's going up. Good day to be on the eye.